Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add Smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Hello and welcome to this week's Olive Magazine podcast. My name's Laura Rowe, I'm the editor and this time I'm steering the good ship in a distinctly veggie direction. Our friend Lucy Hall, the charismatic and fat fueled editor of Gardener's World, is back discussing the latest hybrid veg to hit our shelves, Colette's. Janine, our food director, reveals how to use your freezer like a foodie champion. And Adam, our newbie cookery writer, is talking veg and desserts. Is it wrong or is it actually so, so right? First up, here's Gardener's World editor Lucy Hall with Olive's web editor Charlotte discussing how to grow, prepare and cook with Colette's. We are here today with Lucy Hall, editor of Gardener's World magazine. Thank you for joining us, Lucy. Hello, it's a pleasure. And today we're going to talk about Colette's, which people might have seen in the shops. It is basically a blend between a Brussels sprout and kale, two much-loved greens in the Olive magazine office. But you grow your own, don't you, Lucy? I do, yeah, and I've grown them for a few years now because now they are supposed to be the hot new veg for this year. And in fact, they've been around for quite a while. So it does show you the power of marketing. And what, what were they called before Kalets? Well, yeah, Kalets is an American phrase for, or American name for them that we've now adopted over here just to, I suppose, unify the kind of global marketing on these things. Um, but they were actually developed in the 1990s, first of all, uh, and it was not until 2010 that they were launched by one of the big supermarkets uh, as flower sprouts. And the, old, the whole idea was to find a sort of sweet, nutty alternative to the Brussels sprout. Right. Because they were finding, you know, uh, all the supermarkets really wanted another story uh, to tell, as it were, another, another cabbage that they could sell. And people were kind of a little bit tired of Brussels sprouts and they wanted something sweeter. So... It's a British development. So this is a veg that was developed by British breeders, as I say, back in the 90s. And uh, they came up with this. It's also 
probably more attractive than a Brussels sprout. I don't know if you've seen them, um, if you're listening, but it, it looks like a mini... Like a little cabbage. A mini cabbage, yes. And it's very vibrant green with like a purpley root to it. So it is more attractive than a Brussels sprout. They sprout. look lovely, actually. And, so, and, they, and they do vary in colour. Now, you've just steamed them, so they've yes. lost their purple. And anyone who grows purple veg knows that, sadly, you very rarely get that purple colour coming through. Uh, so, like, if you grow purple beans, you know that they often go green when you cook them. Yes. Well, these are the same, so you tend to lose a little bit of the purple colour. Um, but you see the, uh, the, the, the stalk that I brought in today is pure purple sprouts. And, again, they will lose a little bit of their tone, but... Not so much as those. I think they look great. They look like little cabbages. Yes. And, you know, it's a classic winter veg, that cross between a, a Brussels and a kale. Uh, and the season is now. I mean, it's November to March. Uh, so you're not going to find them out of the shops beyond those uh, months. So now's the time to sort of make the most of them because this is classic sort of cabbage picking time. And your sprout, flower sprout tree that you've brought in is the colour of an aubergine, really. It's deep purple. I know. I, I, I partly grew it because uh, I just love that colour on the veg patch. Yeah. So I've got one that's much greener and a couple of purple ones. And they all came out of the same seed packet, so you don't actually always know what you're going to get, but that's the kind of joy of doing homegrown. And what are they easy to grow? Uh, well, it's a bit time-consuming. That's all it takes, but it's really easy to grow. And you sow the seed in about March or April, uh, and you can't start cropping till about November. So okay. it's quite a long time in the ground. So you've got, to, and it is better in the ground. They're not a great crop to plant in a pot. Okay. So if you're a bit tight for space, I kind of say just buy them in the supermarket. Okay. I hate saying that, <laughs> but really realistically, <laughs> if you've got an allotment. They're brilliant, or just a big veg patch that you don't mind. You know, if you love cabbages uh, and you love brassicas, honestly, you will, I think, you'll, most people will love these. So it's worth putting aside, you know, uh, it's a couple of square feet that I've got given aside to these. And it's, you know, there's a lot of growing through the summer, so they don't really earn their space. But now when the veg patch is a little bit more bare, perfect. There's such a good thing to go out and pick. And how do you cook them to maintain that purple colour is there just no way to do that well I find I have found the best way of doing it is actually um, just microwave them for a couple of minutes okay uh, is that with any water that's just a little or? bit of water in the bottom okay uh, and just microwave them but actually it's, it's also a really quick win if you just blanch them really quickly and then I just throw them in, a, in like a really quick midweek meal is pancetta and then use the fat just to sort of put the, the flower sprouts in, the calettes into that kind of fat, you know, put it all around, bit of herb, whatever you've got, yeah. and then some pasta. Bosh, you've got a really quick meal. And, you know, it's a bit of a quick midweek, midweek win, really. Yeah. But, um, and, I, and I think they're great for that because they're so small and they work with the same size as the pasta. So it kind of works really well. Well, maybe as a bubble and squeak ingredient, I'm thinking yeah. that's what I would do as, like a, as a hash, I think, it's potatoes and carrots. I've stir fried with them as well. So oh. and uh, just because they've had enough long time in there, they tend to sort of just absorb some of the liquid. So but I think blanching them is the, is the secret to it uh, okay. when you want to use them in other dishes. So yes, I think would, these are be probably the not the best way to cook them. I've never actually tried them. So I'm going to do that now. Would you like to try one at the same time? Lisa? Yeah, happy to. So just we've just steamed them. Oh, yes, they've gone a little bit cool. But you've just got to think these these are incredibly good for you as well. I mean, that's mm. they're kind of that's why they're rated as, you know, this year's big superfood, particularly anything purple as well. Have you noticed everything? Everyone loves a bit of purple veg. Very fashionable. Um, but they are, just to warn you, they are overcooked, ah. which is my fault. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I wasn't concentrating. That's why they're such a pretty green colour now rather than a purple. Yeah, no, sorry about that. But, you know, everyone loves an overcooked sprout, so... Oh, absolutely. But they, they have got that smell of a Brussels, mm. but honestly, don't you think they're, they're a sweeter taste? They're and there's, a, there's the sort of nuttiness that you would expect from kale, and that's what you're getting here. It's a more pleasant experience overall. I, I think. think so. Although I do love sprouts and I do love kale, it does literally taste like a marriage between the two. And that's one reason why the supermarkets love them so much is because they're just really easy to use. They're small. And so if you buy a bag of them, you don't have to use the whole thing compared mm. to, say, buying a cabbage and everyone thinks, oh, what do I do with half a cabbage? Yes, you know? yeah. So, um, and again, when you're, when you're growing them at home, all, all I do is I literally just pick them off the stem. I pick off what I need and then the plant carries on growing. So it's, it's a really, you know, kind of really easy plant, whether you're buying them or, or growing them. Mm. Uh, and now, <laughs> I've never tried this on, on kids, but I'm told that that is actually quite a good veg to, that kids will eat um, when you think about Brussels sprouts normally it's, yes. it's usually complete denial but um, but these have a sweetness so um, go on give it a try let yeah, us know, let us know if your kids will eat them even if they're overcooked they're great so goodness knows what they taste like when you actually cook them properly but I mean you know as I said they are healthy uh, they're they're kind of dubbed superfood which kind of might put you off but um, but you know they're, they're crammed with vitamin C and um, all sorts of vitamins apparently more vitamins than in a Brussels sprout so you know who knows um, I just think they're they you know they, they look good and they taste good and I think they look really good on the plate and you you were there first with them well, everyone's thinking that they're only just coming out in 2017 but actually you were growing them in 2010 I think most people uh, most people if they've never come across them it's worth exploring Even yeah. you know I know they're kind of the fashionable big marketing message of now but honestly they're worth discovering if you haven't if you haven't tried them already and you know in only a month or two you can start growing them yourself so you know spread the word and we're going to be using Kalets to cook with in Olive Magazine soon so keep a lookout for that Delicious. thank you very much Lucy thank you Massive thank you to Gardener's World Editor Lucy Hall and, of course, our web editor Charlotte. Next up, here's Janine and myself talking about how to maximise your freezer. Hello, so it's Laura here and I'm freezing <laughs> in our studio, which is very appropriate for the section we're just about to talk about. And I've got Janine, our lovely food director. And what are we talking about, Janine? We're talking about freezing. Yeah. Or, or rather clever, clever freezing. Yeah, we've called it sort of um, ways to use your freezer if you're a foodie. Yeah. So it's like really maximising that box that keeps things cold exactly. right um so, so what does that mean in real terms well um i've been guilty of two things and previously one is ne- never ever using my freezer because of having rubbish uh, fridges which have got those tiny little oh, freezers yeah, at yeah. the top i definitely um, have had many of those. and um but uh, the other thing but I, i've never been too guilty of this is um that that thing where you kind of use your freezer as a, a stopgap on the way to the bin. Yeah. So I've been around friends' houses. It tends to happen with people who've got the like those big chest freezers or those big three freezer. drawers. Yeah. And whenever they um yeah the sort of three big deep drawers, whenever they sort of see something about to go off, rather than thinking I can use that or what do I do with it, they just literally throw it into the freezer. It in there, three yeah. months later, when they come across it, all kind of freezer burnt and yeah, you know, then it just goes straight into the bin. So I sort of wrote this feature thinking, well, how can you make your freezer like work a bit harder yeah um sadly it is mainly about organization and being in charge of Draft. stuff so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so there's various things um basically lots of different tips in here but the first one I, I realized when, when I started to use it cleverly was I started planning ahead so if I was making a big pot of something like a chili or a curry mm-hmm. 
uh, or a soup, which I do a lot of. I yeah. mean, I've got a giant cooking pot and I cook for, there's only two of us and I cook for eight. I'm rubbish at cooking just for one or two people. I always yeah. have to do a big pan. The thing is, it's like if you're doing something like a really slow cooked beef stew that yeah. takes four hours with beef, beef shin, you might as well cook it in, you know, an excessive amount. Yeah. Because that time, you're, whether you do it for two people or eight people, you're still using the same amount of time. Exactly. So, you know, so then, um, you know, once you've done that, um, clever sort of storage, which is um, portioning it out. Yeah, um, that makes and, a big difference because yeah, yeah. when you defrost it, then yeah. you want to be able to don't use just, it. In don't pour it into right? a massive big freezer. <laughs> yeah. Don't pour it into your biggest freezer no. <laughs> and, then, and then freeze it solid because then you will have the, you know, that day when you're just standing there with a sort of ice pick in your hand trying to <laughs> done that before too. trying to knock off a, a chunk of beef stew well also then you don't want to eat it for like four days straight no. as well if you portion it then you can have it just the yeah, once exactly. and have it like once a week or yeah. something for and it's, it weeks. seems like a really simple thing but you know just um portion it out saying how much on the bag that you've portioned it into labeling it correctly because so important so guilty of this My which is you freezer know is completely yeah. <laughs> it's like freeze roulette of what, what this brown sludge is what can it be but yeah, I'm and, hoping it will yeah, taste good. Yeah, it's like freezer it roulette, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just you just eat whatever's. But you know things like that. Um, just being organised, and then obviously keep it on top of your freezer because the last thing we want to do is for it to become this kind of freezer landfill of yeah. stuff that you're never going to get around to using. Yeah. So one trick that I do every week is um, I just go through the freezer and pull up pull everything out briefly, have a look at it. That's a good and idea. And then just write a little post-it note on the front of the freezer to remind myself what's in there. Or, or you know, say like, take out this curry Wednesday yeah. night, stuff like that. And it's just kind of organising yourself to, because what you want to get into the habit of doing is, um, um, you know, turning over what's in the freezer, yeah. as in I've got a sort of two-week turnover thing where... Oh my God, that's really organised. <laughs> yeah, but it just, it just honestly, it makes you like much more efficient yeah. at like using things up. It makes you more efficient at freezing. I suppose you do that with a fridge, don't you? Yeah. Like you wouldn't let your fridge just sit there and just have it, stuff rosting yeah, in there just for weeks it on end. Just because it can be in there for yeah. three months doesn't mean it has to be in yeah, there for three months. That's true. So I kind of do like cook one week, eat it the next, that's or really you know, idea. eat it the next two weeks or something like that and then make up another big batch and kind of set aside that time you know one afternoon or one evening when you're just going to make a big batch of stuff yeah yeah um but yeah there's loads of other things like um we had a really interesting conversation with tom hunt about waste the other week and one of the things that's on the podcast as well if you want to listen back listeners and it's um online as well if you want to read uh, yeah but and, and there was loads of different tips but one of the things that we talked about was um you know you you pick up like a bunch of sad looking carrots and you're kind of like oh I I can't think of anything to do with them so one thing I found really useful is if you've got leftover veg or even leftover say like you've you've used some chicken breast and you've got Mm. one chicken breast left like cut it into little um slices or little chunks and then yeah freeze it freeze it in a bag so you know you've got that in there to chuck into your stir fry or you know cut your carrots up into buttons or cut them up into little dice so then you can put it in a soup and it just sort of takes the pain out of it for you you're you're not putting it straight in the bin yeah and um and you've actually got your prep done for when you're coming in and you're feeling a bit tired and you want to exactly make a meal out and it defrosts is uh, defrosts easier presumably like that as well yeah you can um, i mean this is health and safety checks you can <laughs> fast defrost things mm. um by putting them in kind of running cold or just sort of it's lukewarm a chef water, trick, isn't it? yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it obviously it helps if your little bits of meat are cut up quite small anyway, yeah. and then it's perfectly healthy because you're you're cooking it straight away, so yeah. you can do that. So Great. that's a really good tip. Yeah. So yeah. just it, again, it's just kind of being organised and 
um, thinking about the time that you're doing it, you're saving, you're, you're sort of doing the time now to save the time later yeah. on. Talking of that kind of vegetable thing, one mm. one of the tips that I thought was really useful is if you've got any sort of ends of things. Yeah. So that, is, that was another concept that Tom spoke about a lot is kind of root to fruit is using the whole vegetable. So say yeah, if you've absolutely. got carrot tops or if you've yeah. got um, the roots of an onion or whatever and you think... I don't want to throw that away, but I haven't got enough to make a stock. You can chuck that into yeah. a, keep adding it to a yeah. stock bag and you can in the make, freezer. You can make two bags. You can have like a meat one and a veg one That's a great and then idea. just keep adding, adding to it. So until like you bones like, for yeah. one and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you feel like you've got enough to sort of go with that. And I've also got um, other things that, you know, it might not be a meal, but they're quite good to freeze. Mm. So um, one thing that I do is um, I find that if you buy sourdough or so, uh, other kind of artisan bread, often yeah. it, it can go stale very, very quickly and really it's so quickly. expensive. So eye-wateringly <laughs> yeah. expensive, yeah. So what I do is I, I'll buy it and as soon as I've bought it, I'll, I'll slice it if, really if it's good, in one, it? and then freeze it and then yeah. it just means you can grab a bit for toast. And it's, again, it sounds like you're just, you know, teaching your grandma to suck eggs, but actually it's just those tiny little practical things yeah. that you, and you don't waste that really expensive bread as well. Because I, I do that all the time as well because on a Saturday I think, right, I want a really nice proper loaf of bread. I'll go and get one yeah. and I'll just have like an end, but I'm so lazy I just then have loads yeah. of ends in the freezer but then I don't get them out because they're ends mm. rather than you know so exactly. it, it is doing that one quick step, step. further that just save you all the or, time or the other run. thing is um whizzing it in into in a food processor into breadcrumbs mm, and then freezing good. it in a bag and similarly I mean we, we've got a line here where we say freeze leftover wine don't laugh it's true <laughs> because I mean when does that ever happen yeah once in a while you might have some leftover wine um <laughs> And, you know, you can just tip it into little ice cube trays, port, same thing. Yeah. Any, anything that's going to kind of enrich sauces. And that's a good thing to say about port and sherries as well, because they do go off. And I think people yeah. forget that when they get the bottles at exactly. Christmas or if they get it for a special recipe or, you know, they fancied a cocktail at the time. Things like that, the fortified wines, they go off. So they particularly are really good to freeze in, in cubes. Yeah, as so well, like, get, you know, get that frozen, don't yeah. waste it. And Not, that's going to make your waste. sauce better. Yeah. Um, and then... Obviously, you can freeze. You can freeze dairy, but it, it helps if it's high fat dairy because it can okay. split if it's um, if it's got too much water in it. It'll oh, split. Right. So, like milk, butter, and cream, all the high fat milk, butter, cream. You can all the best yeah, things. <laughs> all the best things. Um, cheese. I'd normally grate that first and then freeze it if yeah. I had a little block of cheese left over. And we said before, I think that parmesan rinds are really good for putting in stews. So, good, so yeah. you can just throw them in a bag in the freezer and pull one out. So it's just a case, it's kind of thinking of it as an extra store cupboard really, yeah. rather than just a place to put your meals. Yeah. Um, I do, I often do, um, things like I mean it sounds really tight but it annoys me if I'm only using <laughs> half a tin of tomatoes yeah. you know cheap as they are yeah um because then you will put that tin back in the fridge or you'll put it in a bowl with some cling film it'll stay in the fridge for a week and then you'll chuck it out yeah so I just tip it into a bag and put it in the freezer no, for next time it's a really good idea um I did that with coconut milk because coconut milk goes yeah, off really quickly but exactly. assumably that's fine to it's brilliant well. and the, the good thing about that is that if you um if you want to use half fat coconut milk, don't ever buy half fat coconut no. milk because it costs it costs the same as full fat. And all you need to do is split a full fat tin into half, and then just add stock or water as your liquid, and then you save money as well. Okay, so see, this is why I love you. This is why you do the job you do. Fantastic. But then things like um, if I go to a market and I'm picking up exotic ingredients like um, kaffir lime leaves or curry mm. leaves or galangal or Scotch bonnets. I just put the extras in the bag and put them straight in the freezer. Yeah. And that's great knowing that you don't have to go and do that specialist shopping. Yeah, it's really good. And lemongrass freezes really well. Yeah, lemongrass yeah. freezes well. All of us, I mean, herbs are brilliant because you can just mash them into butter and freeze them. <laughs> or you can actually put them in Amazing. oil in yep. the 
you know, in oh, trays yeah. as well. Okay. So they freeze like that. So that's really good. So that's really good, good yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's lots of... Um, there's a couple of things I learned this when I was writing this feature one, which is which is my favourite tip that I um, that I read online, is um, if you're making a, something like a mac and cheese or a lasagna, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> rather than freezing it in the dish you're going to cook it in, yeah. um, what you do is you line the dish that you will eventually cook it in in, in foil. Right. Then you assemble your dish, okay. freeze it, yeah. take the dish out, yeah. wrap the foil around the solid meal. Right. And then <laughs> you're looking at me like you're insane. <laughs> yes. Then you freeze. Then you freeze that. Right. What it means is that you're not putting your cooking dish, your baking dish, in the freezer oh, until God. you need to use it. Very clever. It's yeah. things like that though that will save you loads of yeah, space exactly. and using and the bags rather than big Tupperware containers, yeah. for example. So you've basically got trays. yeah, you've basically got like a solid block of mac and cheese, which you then unwrap, slip back into your baking <laughs> dish that you've been able to use for two weeks because it's not locked up in the freezer and then um, defrost and bake away. It's really, it, again, it sounds like really obvious. It's so but geeky, it's like y- freezer geekery. I love like, it. Completely. I love it. Yeah. I've only got one tip to contribute, but it did um, serve me well when I used mm. to bake lots, is I always freeze my egg whites. Yeah. And it breaks down the proteins a bit. So yeah, when you're yeah, doing really, things like macarons, yeah. um, it really helps I mean, egg white, do its magic. No, I mean, yeah. some, someone out, some baker out there will be able to give us the, like, the tape. Yeah. Know, the, the, um, Send in your answers the on the postcard, on please. It. Yeah. But I but I happen to know that yeah that they apparently they make better meringues yeah. if they're frozen. It is, so it's um, a really good tip. So even if you aren't necessarily you don't you know it's not many people are going to have leftover whites very no. often. But if, it's actually worth separating them yeah. out, then freezing them, then taking exactly. them out and bringing them up to room temperature before you bake because yeah. it just yeah really helps. Just remember to write on the bag how many whites are in there. Yeah, I've done. That. <laughs> <laughs> I've made that mistake many times before. Too. <laughs> you learn along the way, don't yeah, exactly. you? Unless you read Olive magazine, and then you know straight away. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, there are plenty of tips and there's a really cool freezer recipe um, in that issue too. So that's the February issue, which is out now mm-hmm. with loads of Janine's amazing tips. And we've got loads of great stuff on the website as yeah, well. So that's olivemagazine.com. All right. Thank you so much, Janine. Thank you very much. Amazing. Thanks. Next up, here's Olive's cookery writer, Adam, and drinks writer, Sarah, discussing the phenomenon of veg in sweet dishes. Hello, so I'm Sarah, I'm the drinks writer at Olive, and I'm joined today by Adam, who is our lovely cookery writer. Hello. Um, we are going to talk about veg in sweet recipes. Certainly are. Because it seems to be quite a big kind of trend at the moment. A lot of people are using it. It's coming back in a kind of big way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think it's, it's a good way of using things that might, you know, like people use carrots to use in a carrot cake yeah. when they might be slightly going over or, you know, a little bit softer than you, you mm. might want to use if you're roasting or... When you said about talking about this, I was like, that's a bit gross. But then I thought, oh, carrot cake was one of my favourite things. Yeah, but I think people sort of discount it, you know, like... You um, forget that it's actually got carrot in it. Yeah, like really. raw grated carrot in the, <laughs> yeah. in the batter. Whereas if you were to say the same thing about a parsnip, people instantly turn their nose up. But yeah. really, that sort of sweet, earthy flavour mm-hmm. isn't too dissimilar. So why can't why more vegetables be used in sweet things? Exactly. I mean, it doesn't always work. We started thinking about this because we were sent in um some new yogurts which have all got vegetables in them so four mm-hmm. flavors that we got sent in um pineapple butternut squash and turmeric which mm-hmm. i mean doesn't sound too bad turmeric is a big thing at the moment it, my only thing is is just butternut squash in a yogurt was yeah. i just like yeah i can't can't get my head around <laughs> it like a fruity yogurt i'm just yeah but uh, it wasn't it was it wasn't unpleasant mm. it just wasn't setting the world alight I think <laughs> um, 
They're all quite nice colours. Kiwi, avocado and matcha. I'm not a massive fan of matcha. So. No, that wasn't. I wasn't too keen on that either. Um, but avocado is used in loads. We'll come on to a few recipes that we've got on, online that use um, avocado and lots of other veg in, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. recipes. Carrot, mango and I can never pronounce this, so apologies. Guarana. Yeah, that sounds good enough to me. Um, that's not so weird. That's a kind of normal, normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, again, that ties in. Um, there's some smoothie mixes that are coming out that you can keep in your freezers uh, that we've actually got a recipe in a new issue uh, using. Um, yeah, we're sort of using some veg chucked in with some fruit that you keep in the freezer mm. for, for blending to make smoothies, mm. which is, I think... Uh, it's just a quick, easy way to get that kind of veg hit and those vitamins. Yeah, the, yeah it's really know. good. Well, people, yeah, you know, when you go to these... Uh, smoothie shops or juice yeah. bars when they're quite expensive they sort of like to throw some uh, rogue veg in but yeah I'm not, not it's a good way to, it. to use it up yeah. if you've got a spare few carrots I don't know what I'm going to do with that Just whack it in a smoothie yeah definitely um, and the last one which is the one that I find most weird is apple carrot beetroot and ginger and for me it's the beetroot that I can't quite get past because mm. it's such an earthy flavour yeah but I actually like that the best. Oh, okay. Yeah. I th- well, I love f- the flavour of fresh grated ginger. Mm. And with the apple, uh, yeah, I think it just, it really worked. Those... Do you think the ginger masked the other flavours a little bit? It may have done. <laughs> it may have done. Yeah. Whereas actually there was a, a beetroot um, dessert in the canteen of where I used to work, where yeah. it was like a really simple chocolate sponge, you know, like school dinner chocolate sponge yeah. with just real rogue bits of chopped cooked <laughs> beetroot in yeah, not just well, random that, chunks. Yeah, like the first day. Beetroot brownies and beetroot cakes are yeah. like are quite a common thing. They're mm. quite a common thing for vegan and recipes and stuff mm. to kind of substitute, isn't it? Yeah. So that you can get, but not massive chunks. No, it was it was unpleasant. Yeah, it wasn't nice. <laughs> but there are great ways to use veg in sweet recipes. We've got loads of recipes online on olivemagazine.com. Um, one of my favourite ones is a chocolate avocado mousse. Mm. Which I never tried before when um, the person who was making it said they were doing avocado mousse. I was like, what on earth? Yeah, because I think, well, definitely in my head, you instantly think guacamole. Yeah, and you I'm, do, yeah. And then you're sort of thinking, that, but that's savoury. Chocolate guac. Yeah, mm. Mm, not do, yeah, not doing it for me. <laughs> but actually, when you, it's actually been used for quite like, like making dairy-free mousses. Yeah. Um, so instead of adding cream to make it like, give it that real silk, silky mouth like, yeah. uh, texture, um, yeah, some blended avocado. So it just and with blitz a, it up, isn't it? Yeah, just literally you could uh, yeah just melt some chocolate and blitz mm. it up through the avocado, and it's uh, yeah set it in the fridge, and it's yeah lovely mousse uh, texture. Yeah, it just gives it that real kind of silky mm. texture, and also um, one of the other recipes these is the avocado courgette and lime drizzle cake mm. that's also online, and I just remember trying it, and again. I was thinking courgette and avocado in a cake, really. But it does give it that kind of, I'm going to say buttery, obviously it's got butter in it, but that kind of silky <clears throat> texture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it is when blended because it's, I mean, it's that sort of, yeah, I mean, it, it is like a, a butter or it's, it's got mm. that sort of fattiness to mm. it, which when blended is, yeah, lovely. Are there any other recipes that you'd recommend that we've got, or any other ideas of how to use? Um, well, in the new issue, we've got a recipe which is like a chocolate chili cake with an avocado okay. uh, icing. Mm. So yeah, like a like a yeah good. chocolate cake, uh, like sponges with chili in it. Um, yeah, then you sort of blend uh, avocados with icing sugar and nice. a little bit of water just to get it drizzly, and uh, yeah, layer uh, cakes up with it. So I bet that looks stunning as well. Yeah, so it's sort of that vibrant green yeah. with the uh, like dark chocolate sponge. Yeah, it's really cool. Quite, um, yeah, 
vibrant. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Mm. Um, anything else? I know that Charlotte, who's our web editor, is partial to a, is it butternut squash brownie? S- or sweet potato. Sweet potato. Yeah, so um, Pinterest actually sent us some th- things through uh, this week as we're up for our Pinterest award, um, for Best Baking Award. Very exciting. Um, and that sweet potato is going to be the new avocado. So it's really? quite interesting to hear, yeah. That, uh, That's a bold claim. Yeah, considering how prevalent mm. avocado is everywhere. Mm. So apparently it's going to be sweet potato. And uh, yeah, Charlotte was saying that she has brownies with sweet potato. which Interesting. Yeah, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to, to make that. I mean, it's that classic American Thanksgiving dish, isn't it? Whacking marshmallows on top of yeah. soup. I mean, I say classic. It's traditional. traditional. Whether it's worth trying or not yeah. is another... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced by the, the, the sweet potato pie with the marshmallows <laughs> on top. Well, but I've never tried it, so I can't. Oh, well, you can't, can't judge. Well, them. exactly. I can't discount it completely. We should have a, a day of just eating all these sweet Yeah, I think based. maybe we should have a proper Thanksgiving uh, yeah. next or this year. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so we can Definitely. really have voice and a, a, an actual <laughs> opinion on these things. Yeah. Speaking of that kind of thing, though, and do you know what? I can't remember. It's completely gone out of my head now that I've sat down, whether it was parsnip or celeriac, I think it might have been... Parsnip. Parsnip. Ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a, uh, yeah, a recipe from, a few, was it a few months, few years ago? Um, yeah, I think it was kind of, it was november time, I think, and it was like a parking cake with a parsnip ice cream. Yeah, that sounds and, delicious. Well, I mean, when I first heard about it, I was like, what on earth? Mm. Parsnip ice cream sounds bizarre because it's such an earthy flavour mm. but actually with the this kind of sweetness of the cream and the sugar and stuff that goes into it, it was really delicious yeah 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 well in in the yeah in the restaurant that I used to work at Ferrer um we had a dish with uh yeah celeriac ice cream oh wow um with uh, apples and toffee Ooh. and chestnuts so it had all those sort of that you know incredible sort of autumnal mm. earthy flavours uh and then like a yeah celeriac ice cream on top which if you ate on its own you kind of you wouldn't get it. You have yeah. to eat it, and I'm sure that's the yeah, similar with the, the parsnip and the, the bacon. And... Yeah, it's yeah. So you couldn't just yeah get some <laughs> chocolate sprinkles on there. Yeah, and, flakes and, stuck yeah, in. Yeah, um, yeah. You have to eat it as a whole for it to really make sense. Mm. I'm sure that's the same with the, the parsnip and parsnip. Yeah, in that that earthiness sort of matches the the sweetness from the from the cake. Yeah, and yeah, they could sort of enhance each other. They're both the sum yeah. of their parts. I'd definitely give it a go if you if you come across these kind of flavour combinations you think how on earth is that going to work mm. it's definitely worth trying do you have any tips for anyone who's thinking of trying to incorporate is there any veg to definitely steer clear of is there any veg that works particularly well in certain things like uh, uh, should you not put beetroot in a I mean beetroot ice cream I don't know how I feel about I think beetroot and chocolate is a real good flavour combination yeah. that's one that's been proven and anything that I wouldn't I don't know there's you know any other <laughs> things I'd, I'd be interested to see if someone could make a dessert with red pepper. Oh. Although it's sweet, but it's savoury. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But really, I think there isn't, particularly with root veg and, and you know, pumpkins, sweet potato, all these sort of things, that inherent sweetness and earthiness that they have lends themselves mm. really well to, like, lots of sweet dishes and cakes. Yeah. And, yeah, I think in, in cakes... Like grated veg, obviously carrot yeah. cakes, the famous one, is is a really good way to use it because yeah. makes you feel like you're being a bit healthy as well. Yeah, like yes, I'm having cake, but I'm also having veg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, brilliant. Yeah, best okay. of both worlds, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Great. So there's lots of recipes online. We are going to pull together a recipe collection so you can find them all really easily. 
Um, check out olivemagazine.com for the recipes and do check out our Pinterest as well for lots of great inspiration. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thanks, Adam. Cheers. Big thanks to Sarah and Adam. And of course, as ever, you, our lovely listeners, let us know what you think of this week's episode by tweeting us at Olive Magazine. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, you name it, we're there. And don't forget, you can, of course, buy our new issue, the February issue, with our gloriously fluffy Nutella pancakes topped with a boozy hot chocolate sauce. It's in all good supermarkets and newsagents now. Happy reading, happy listening, happy eating, and we'll see you next week.